gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. Yes, you're hearing that weird voice, it's me, it's Alan Lucas, also known as the Scottish Big Dog hosting today. And today I have a panel who are supposed to be the Mount, Rush, the Mount Rushmore of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I think they're honest and more like rejects. But here we go, we'll go with what we've got. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> firstly I'm going to start with my man to my right here. He is the man who goes by many names. Roger Major, Butcher Major, Bacon Thief to name a few. <laughs> he's also part of the second Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet wedding and he's kind of like that ugly cousin you're forced to give up space to and he photo bombs the pictures and it turns up at the wrong times. He's also a legendary stand-up. Oh wait, sorry, I mean he's a legend being stood up with a record of zero <laughs> 29 successful dates. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> oh. But don't worry, he's comforted every single night with one of these special Hockney Hockey delights. <laughs> he is the number three ranked heel of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. It is David Hockney. Well, at least I'm not like number two or anything. So, but <laughs> <laughs> you got silver lining in that. <laughs> but oh, that hit my heart actually. Just. How you doing, mate? You alright? Yeah, I'm doing okay. So right, well, it's just going to get worse. At least I'm not being stood up now. <laughs> Makes a change. <laughs> <laughs> Next, the man to Marlow right. He's came in at the last minute, so I really haven't got much for him. Other than he claimed in a group chat that he is a master debater. What he up to in his own room is his business. <laughs> he is the bark gun, the bark gun of the McLeod household. But is there really a Billy? I don't think so. He is Scott McLeod. How you doing, mate? I think I should have stood you up when you asked me to fill in at the last minute after that. <laughs> Well, you've kept the McLeod legacy going, you know, you turn up uninvited, <laughs> <laughs> you spread McLeodism, you know, and you spread faster than chlamydia at an order. So there we go. Fire, 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 fire. Fire, fire. Now what can be said about this man that's not already been said? He's the biggest heel in each sleep suplex retweet with six title wins. He is the leader of what will be soon to be known as Team Bride and what an intriguing bride he'll be. He may wear the pants of the podcast but we all know it's certainly not true at home. He's even been questioned if he's a master of the Stockholm Syndrome due to excessive punching power. <laughs> Many of of concerns because he's passed on to his new prodigy Ross McLeod. <laughs> he also recently boasted in a group chat that he always comes first. <laughs> Spare a thought for his poor fiance. <laughs> uh, so no other than the future Mrs. Stephen Kerr. <laughs> How you doing, mate? I'm actually quite fine. I thought mine was less harsh than Poppy's. Was <laughs> <laughs> the one that was banking on you? I get silver lightning. <laughs> I must be taking a few off the break. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> and finally, he claims to have a le- our legendary cable package. I can guarantee you it's a name only. 
<laughs> his recent spit roasting uh, didn't meet the demands. However, his spit roast did meet adequately. He's the man who has the simplest job in eat, sleep, suplex, retweet, but somehow cannot count to ten. Hence <laughs> <laughs> why he's always the last man standing. That's until it comes to waiting in queues, where his true passion and skill of being a professional queue jumper come into play. By the way, anyone want to shake hands or take pictures with him, it's now a fiver per go, as he's got his own, own IMDB page and he's now famous. <laughs> <laughs> and although he made dress like Stevie Wonder dressed him in the morning, he's still my brother. He is my main man, whose jaw just hit the deck, Quackoogee. How's it going, mate? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll play the fifth. <laughs> well, after that, let's just move on before Quaggy throws a punch at me or something. <laughs> For the back catalogue and all the episodes, please make sure to subscribe to us on all good podcasting sites, iTunes, Android sites, Spotify. I like Podbean personally because it works when you don't have any internet access. Really good. Also follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Suplex Retweet. We've also got the YouTube channel. And also have a look at our website, suplexretweet.com. Yep, I can't even speak today, that's how good <laughs> I'm going. And you'll see all the articles we've got and also me being the first ever champion on the website. Quite proud of that fact. <laughs> anyway, time to move on to the show. So as you may be aware, this show is about the Mount Rushmore, the most debated topic in wrestling. And today we're going to give it a wee bit of a twist. We're going to have a his and hers, we're going for female and males, and we're going to start with the females. So basically I'm going to go around the panel just now, ask everyone to say who is their female Mount Rushmore, give brief explanations why, and then I'm going to let them loose to fight it out to the death. So I'm going to start with Scott, because you're the closest to me. Thank you. Tell me your Mount Rushmore. Alright, I wasn't expecting my first only keep finalised this this morning, but my female Mount Rushmore are Lita, Charlotte Flair, Awesome Kong and Ronda Rousey. Okay. Yeah. Tell us why. Well, Lita, and I want to preface this by saying, I mean, no disrespect to China, because I almost had her in this spot. I think both of them like, were getting involved with the men around the Attitude Era at the same time as each other. I think China, for all, all due respect, all of her offence was mainly kicking guys in the balls a lot. She Go back and watch her matches, she does it quite a bit. And she does, but Lita, for what she was willing to do, she was willing to get involved with the Hardy. She took table shots, she got hit with chairs, she was coming in, hitting guys with her Hurricanes. She was something so different, which I think is why so many people gravitated towards her at that time. Charlotte Flair, I don't think we need to say much more. We've said it before, we mentioned it in the uh, the Four Horsemen NXT shows. I believe she's probably the best women's wrestler going today. She's like, countless people have had their best matches against her. Rhonda, I believe, had her best match against Charlotte, Sasha, Becky, Bailey, even Asuka had one of her best matches against her at WrestleMania 34, regardless of what you think of the outcome and her streak ending. Ronda Rousey, I think she played a big part in the women's revolution, not just in WWE, but outside as well, because there was a talk of like all these mainstream sports doing it before WWE, and she was one of them, when she was dominating the UFC, getting all this attention, she was the highest paid female fighter in all of MMA. And we have Awesome Kong, who I think didn't get her just her due in WWE because I wanted to find someone who's doing work outside of WWE and her work in Japan and in TNA alongside Gil Kim who almost had in this as well was just showing like they were well ahead of WWE and showing how far behind WWE was before they gave their woman an opportunity. Excellent, it's just hard to argue against that. David, go for you. I, I, I agree with uh, Charlotte Flair actually because I think she's the best pure, pure athlete that they've got in WWE and 
you know, ever since sort of she arrived in NXT, she's just carried herself as literally of the highest order. And I think David Campbell said it best, she's like the final boss when she's playing the heel character. She's the queen of WWE and she backs it up in the ring. And obviously given her background, obviously being a flair, she's got that legacy behind her. And I'm pretty sure she was the, the cover star of, I think it was like the one of those really high profile sort of sports magazines. It was the first time they had like a female on the cover. I think she was the first to do that. And yeah, I, you can't really say anything wrong about Charlotte and the, the, the mm -hmm. progress she's made. Uh, the other one I have, uh, opposite to Lita, I went with Trish Stratus. Because she, Trish is one of those people who I think, you know, she started out as one of those sort of Attitude Era style divas who were really, it was a time when women's wrestling wasn't taken seriously, but she was very popular, popular with the fans at the time and she sort of transitioned into not only one of the best in the ring, but also one of the best characters that they had to offer. So it's the fact that you've got somebody who made that transition from one phase to another. Mm -hmm. It just goes to show that it doesn't matter where you start from, you can work your way up to become one of the most recognizable names names of all. Uh, my third one, going back to sort of, uh, sort of 70s, 80s, Mae Young. Now, there was a bit of a debate between her and like, Fabulous Moolah, but I think the with Mae Young, you know, even when she was like in her sort of pensioner years, shall we say, like <laughs> she was still like an entertaining like aspect of WWE mm -hmm. TV, whether it's taking a spot from the the Dudley Boys or uh, she's um, giving birth to Hans. You know, it's uh, you know, despite all that, I think she was recognised as one of the most talented women. Obviously, and she's got the May Young Classic named after her as that well. Hans nearly legally old enough to drink in the US. <laughs> <laughs> And my final one is China, because the ninth wonder of the world, I think she basically was the, the person who really started showing that it doesn't matter if you're male or female, you can you know get in the ring with like anybody, it doesn't have to be male v male or female v female, she could just do everything. And she had such an athletic build about her, she could carry herself in such a way that, you know, you know she's the one that's sort of the commanding presence doesn't matter regardless of gender and her stint with like Degeneration X and as obviously women's champion intercontinental champion she has had a decorated career as of late and the fact that she's been in, finally inducted into the Hall of Fame and I think that's just the cherry on top for her Again, not a strong argument can't argue Stephen, we'll go with yourself Well, I've got a lot of the ones that the guys have mentioned but I'll just kind of mention them again obviously we've talked about China I feel with China uh, even though she didn't really represent the women's division by competing in it. What she did was showing that you, you can compete against the men and you can stand toe to toe and even be just as good as them. I think it's a great representation of how women's wrestling can be represented in the whole mainstream of it. So that's what China brought to it. She's a, compared to many other people in the 90s, she was a mainstream main event level star, which is a great credit to what she was able to do. Uh, I also went with Trish Stratus. The thing I thought about is great about Trish is when you look at how, as a role model, the way when Trish came in, she was had no background at all in the industry. She came in, she was more seen more for her looks in that first year, as we seen with some of the angles she had with likes of the McVince <laughs> and Stephanie McMahon. But she just showed what credit is if you graft, if you train, if you put in the effort. And she arguably for a, for the next maybe about four or five years afterwards or something like that, the timescales are like that. She showed that they weren't just eye candy, 
they could go, they could be easily represented. I think she's a great role model to women. That's what I think is the best thing about her. I mean, that's what you kind of want up there. You want somebody you can look look to and be inspired by. And I think Trish is a great example yeah. of that one as well. Uh, like the, both the guys, I went with Charlotte Flair as well, which people who listen to this show might be surprised I went with Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, my main argument for Charlotte over potentially to Becky is, as uh, it's been mentioned in the show, Becky's had a hot year. But for the three years before that, she didn't quite do as much. Same with Sasha, same with Bailey. But as David and Scott both said, Charlotte has put on great match after great match after great match with everybody. It's hard. A lot of people actually said that it was Charlotte's work in the ring that helped elevate Becky mm-hmm. to that extra extent. Same with Sasha. And hopefully we see the same with Bailey in the coming weeks when they feud going into Clash of Champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a heel, no, she is top, top heel. Top, top. Face work maybe not so much as good, but heel work she's great and I think she's going to go on to be, have an absolute stellar career. My fourth, my fourth and final one is actually one that's maybe a wee bit left field. I've went for uh, Sarah Amato, also known as Sarah Del Rey. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought like her work pre WWE when she was in Ring of Honor, Shikara, uh, her ability to like with China go toe to toe with the men. She was one of the standouts on the in- mm-hmm. indie scene. She was ranked as a top ten in the world for both male and female at one particular point about a decade ago. We showed how good she was in the ring. Yep. But not just that. In the last five six years. When she's been in NXT, she was the co- she's the coach down there. She's second in command with Max Bloom, Al- Matt Bloom, Albert. She's the one who's helping to bring up this generation. What we've got with the Horsewomen, Alexa Bliss, even the likes of Nikki Cross, the Iconics. She's the one down there. She's the one doing the training, and she's helped breed this what's known as the women's revolution, women's evolution. And I think she does not get the credit she that she should probably deserve because she's more in the background but she also does a lot of work as well in the May Young Classic and that type of stuff as well we've seen her at the trophy presentations for that as well so I think she's a great life field show hard to argue against that uh, Quacky we're going to come to you last mm-hmm. who's your picks ok so uh, a few of them have all been said before already so uh, it's a shape we're pretty much going to be a green it's just like one caveat so first one I'll throw in is China now for me when I started watching wrestling China was already at the forefront um, she was on the cover of Smackdown, uh, the game. Mm-hmm. So, like, for people to say that, well, Beck is the first woman to be on the cover of a WWE game. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, and I just loved everything that was going about her at the time. So, she had, like, the good housekeeper match with Jeff Jarrett, which was just <laughs> legendary, <laughs> and still remains what now inspired the great two part series matches <laughs> at ICW, which everyone knows is my absolute favourites. Um, she was a former Intercontinental Champion, her work with Eddie Guerrero, mm-hmm. she worked with my favourite of all time, Chris Jericho, and just, she was proper, proper trailblazer, I just loved that about her. Other person now, this one, you, everyone knows I've had my ding-dongs with David Campbell, because <laughs> he likes Trish Stratus, whereas I preferred Lita. Um, and it's purely like a personal thing. I just like Team Extreme. I love Team Extreme. Mm-hmm. Hardys and Lita were just my favourite tag team of all time. Um, but I've gone with the choice of putting Trish Stratus in instead. And it's purely because in the context of what we're talking about, I just think Trish has done a bit more in that sense to be in the hot uh, mm-hmm. in this 
Mount Rushmore, if you like. Well, I'm going to call it Mount Milton of Campsie because that's my local hill near my house. <laughs> um, so I just think in the context of this argument, Trish has done a little bit more than mm-hmm. Lita. But if you ask me to pick any other person, such as I did in the Queen of the Ring show, I'd pick Lita. But just purely for this discussion, I would say more Trish. And then, to me, I think this person is the greatest women's wrestler of all time, and it's Charlotte Flair. Um, first name greatest, second name ever. That's that's the end of it for me. Mm-hmm. Now this one, no one's mentioned her, and I'm gonna say Paige. Oh, and the reason I'm gonna say Paige is because the wrestling that I love watching now is a lot on the NXT and now creeping into the main roster and stuff like that. And the thing is though. As it is now, Paige deserves a lot of credit. I've said it before, the story about Ember Moon. Now, Ember Moon, um, in case people, listeners at home haven't heard it, Ember Moon was, had a tryout with WWE and she got rejected first time around because they said she didn't have the diva look. Paige was actually in behind the scenes and changing some of the like the thoughts on like women um, at the performance centre and stuff like that. And she actually encouraged Ember to reapply again reapplied and look at where she is well I wouldn't say now but look where she was yeah. back then and it's just changed the ethos of that that's where I think the real revolution has been happening so that's why I'll throw Paige in there excellent well I'll just quickly give you mine so my first pick was China for me Trailblazer 20 years ahead of the game mm-hmm. and also my favourite moment of China ever is when she walked into the 1999 Royal Rumble and threw her boyfriend Mark Kenny right over the ropes <laughs> brilliant uh, then Charlotte Flair what else can you add on it hasn't already said she is the greatest and she, I think it's going to take something special for anyone to ever top her mm-hmm. um, Trish status again everyone's kind of said it she's moved women from the sex sales idea to I can actually compete in the ring and I can do it toe to toe with the same quality as the men. Mm-hmm. And she really changed and I totally get what you're saying about the Lita thing. She did that wee bit more than Lita, but I'd say Lita was better at selling mm-hmm. moves than Trish. Um, my last one, you briefly mentioned her there, Gail Kim. Gail Kim has carried TNA. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. been in WWE. She's done it all. She's the first female Hall of Famer in TNA. Mm-hmm. You know, she's, I think she's also a very heavily underrated wrestler mm-hmm. as well. But for me, she deserved to be in the Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. So that's my pick. So the one thing I have noticed from every single one of us, we've all picked Charlotte Flair. So safe to say Charlotte's in. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's right, so. Charlotte's in. So some, not everyone's picked Trish. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone that's prepared to argue that Trish shouldn't go in? See, I think always the debate, as Quacko alluded to, it's the, it's the Trish or Lita uh-huh. aspect of it. That's the obvious thing. When you watch, it's the same as when we do our interviews with the, with the wrestlers, we always go Rock Ross and Trisha Leader. Yeah. You know, because it's like either one or the other. You yeah. know, it's like football, you know, you when you're rivalries, you know, you pick <laughs> one. So it just depends on what your taste was. Yeah. I think the thing with Trish, uh, she had a more established run. Lita was in and out with injuries a lot of the time, and she could have been great in that type of aspect yeah. as well. But I thought Lita was more athletic, gifted when she came in. That's why Trish, Trish's journey, I think, is what kind of gets her over on me. And she can still go. I wouldn't argue against anyone putting Trish in there very much more, but part of the reason I didn't put her in mine is because, like you said, it's always that Trish or Lita, and we've always said how Trish overcame the whole the idea of like she was just brought in for her looks, but she overcame that and showed that she was willing to put down and become a great wrestler. 
and they are well later the attractive women. She clearly didn't dress and look the way Debbie probably wanted their female wrestlers to look at that time. So by that aspect, I think she had to work a little bit harder, and that's why she had some of the risks she took. And overall, because of those risks, that's why she was out so often. So then, as you can see, it also in like Shasta Banks, she takes several very similar risks. That's that's why I think I think a lot got her over though. Is when she was with S.A. Rios originally, yeah. and she she would just come in and pull off a hurricane runner. And you're yeah. like, oh my god, this is amazing. You never got to see yeah. that at that point, other than China. Mm. Also, the fact is, no, we're trying to correct it. Was she not the first female wrestler to actually show tattoos? I don't remember a female wrestler ever showing tattoos before. Probably. Mm. She probably made, made her stand out a wee bit. It's not something I've thought about. No, well, maybe. Maybe noticeable tattoos as well, like you know the. Because also she had the and now now you're sleeves because she's got sleeves and stuff. Yeah, but did Luna have tattoos? Oh, I think that's more of a makeup thing. She had in her face right, as more makeup. Right. It's, very, it's very possible, but I thought to be honest with you, it was her makeup. Yeah. So, so basically, are we all seeing Trish then? Because this is making us to be very short. <laughs> <laughs> well, she she was in mine, so I'm not. I'm and she was in mine too, so I've got no arguments. I think, prob- I think you probably find maybe a green. Two or three of them, and then it comes to the fourth mm-hmm. one. That's what it puts. You see, you, you all make good points about Lita as well, but I think Trish just edge it mainly because of transition. And you guys uh, also said, you no, know, she was Lita was in and out with you injuries. Look, you look at yeah. tri- you look at the comparison between the two of them when they've came back in the last year. Trish mm-hmm. looks far more accomplished in the ring. She had that great match with Charlotte at SummerSlam, yeah. but we missed it a couple of times. We've seen Lita. Yeah, she looks a bit no the pace off the pace a wee bit. But one thing you have credit to Lita was uh, how she reinvented herself as a heel. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, I don't think Trish was always the best when she did her when she turned face. She was still popular, but I think her best work was a heel. Whereas Lita, because she was over with all the rest she took, uh, she was able to turn that real life hatred some fans had for her because she cheated on Matt Hardy and turn it into a great heel character. And I've nothing against Trish being included. I'm just trying to argue another like mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. side of the argument for why Lita may be included as well. Mm-hmm. I'm I fine with Trish going in as well. But I do think you would have one or the other. I don't think you'd have both. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, actually, we're going to put Trish in, so we've already got a strong start with Charlotte and Trish. For for me, the next fight is really going by what we've all said. It's either Lita or Charlotte, with Lita or China, sorry. And so you just said you can't have them both. No, the, the, do you the, think both of them could be in it, or do you think you have to go China over this? Ah, well, I had China as my pick. I've kind of a similar idea on the, the men's side with the Rock Austin debate. I would only have one or the other. Uh, but oh really? Mm. <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you wouldn't really argue against either the two of them being in. It just kind of depends on your on your outlook of it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, to many, as I said earlier on, China was not considered a diva at that point in time. Mm-hmm. She was a wrestler. She fought with the men. You always ever seen her with them. But some of the things she did, I mean, as we as we alluded to maybe the move set maybe a repertoire wasn't the best no. but it was the presence of it. I remember when she debuted where uh, she was in the crowd and she took uh, Terry Reynolds when she mm-hmm. was uh, Goldust's Valley and she just kind of grabbed her and you're just like oh my god look at her she was a, she was a bodyguard yeah. for Triple H she had bigger arms and half the roster as well I know. Mm-hmm. but massive massive big arms really sh- well built yeah she yeah. showed them about 99 that she could be diverse I agree completely with Kwaku good housekeeping with Jeff Jarrett is what I'm at see, see if I'm having a bad day I'll look for that in the network <laughs> and just find that it's absolutely brilliant it's when, it's when they start it's the random bit where they're just uh, Jarrett and Miss Kitty are just making a cake <laughs> it's also rare the end is ruled out because an intercontinental belt is not a household item and it's like 
Uh, like have you been to some people's homes and you're arguing at all? Because you're like, it's about Jarrett's household. <laughs> Miss Kitty leaves with him. <laughs> Miss Kitty, where's she go? So David, you've been awfully quiet. What were you thinking in this point? See, again, Ch- China was one of my picks and it's really hard to argue her not being in there as well. But oh, even though her tenure was a bit shorter than some of the other women's, the, the impact that she made, you know, mm-hmm. you can't you can't argue against it like considering that this was a time where obviously the women were mostly seen as eye candy in the attitude era you had this one dominant performer who legitimately looked like a badass and she could like take on anybody yeah. doesn't matter how big they were best example of that is at the Armageddon 1999 where she's facing Jericho for the intercontinental title and the women's title is being decided in a, in a pool match <laughs> you yeah. know it's just yeah. like and just to sort of shock and cheese aspect yeah I mean Looking at sort of Lita's aspect, and obviously she had the occasional sort of inter intergender match, and she did spots with the guys. But when you think about China, she actually had straight one-on-one matches with the male superstars, kind of like what Kaylee Ray has been doing in ICW. I mean, you yeah. can't not pay attention to that because it's it's something that's often frowned upon in a lot of promotions, or maybe a handful of promotions at least. So. The fact that you're that she was breaking down those kind of boundaries that at that point in time, I mean, again, you know, I think you said it best. She was twenty years ahead of the game, yeah. So, and you can't ignore that. Yeah, because the debate about intergender wrestling, like, still goes on today. We had our current Universal Champion calling it unrealistic, but China was really ahead of her time with all intergender wrestling thing. Although the issue with her is she wasn't the smoothest in the ring. It really depended on who she was in the ring with. I think, and also when you look at her, which actually stepped in with other women when she had her brief run as women's champion, like it wasn't really the best because like we couldn't we couldn't really buy many women in that division at that time as a clear threat to change. She even came in an interview two years before that saying like, "How is it going to be any believable that it wouldn't take me more than two seconds to get the title when I'm in there with guys almost every night?" Mm-hmm. She squashed that every time, yeah. so yeah, she did. And also, you know. No, also not no time to get away from the sex sales, but she could actually do the sex sales part as well. She could yeah. actually very fit and actually you know, match some of the female wrestlers that, that era as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which was why I picked her as well, because I thought she yeah. had the complete package. I thought she was mm-hmm. brilliant. There's one thing I have seen a lot in the research into this, this show, so a lot of people don't think she deserves to be in it because of what happened after wrestling with the adult career. <laughs> Now, if you're what, oh, now, I personally think it makes no difference because I think of her as the wrestler, the, the attitude leader. She was, see, when I think the attitude leader, she's one of the front, first three people I think of. I think Rock, Austin, then China. Mm. That's me personally. I don't know if everyone's the same, but does that, think, does that sort of come across in anyone's mind that maybe she's not worthy of the hope of being under Mount Rushmore because of. That dad will move and things like afterwards. Depends on how you look at it. Depends on, depends on how you look at it. If you're looking mm. at it purely in ring, then you can't look at it. Because with wrestling, you could consider that. With I thought you were talking about how you look at porn. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like I said, but, Scott, what are you doing? You're better never, your business. Never mind what happened after wrestling as well. She was uh, one of WWE's Playboy cover girls as well. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not like she's. I think like, she had the second high selling. Yep. I should ever, it was only after that point, I was only able to beat her. Yep. So yeah. that, that speaks for me. Did not beat her as well? Sure. I think yeah. at that point, uh, that at that point, point yeah, Sable, Sable was number one, but Royal yeah. number 99, and she was later on, and she was number two. Yeah. So, I mean, you can take away the fact, you know, there's there's adult entertainment, and, you know, if that's what they want to get into, then that's that's their decision. It's not like we can criticise them for it. And, you know, WWE's had a partnership with Playboy for 
for so long, but it's only just stopped doing it when they switched to PG. Yeah. So it's not like it's something they can't just sweep under the carpet. It's a part of their history, and I yeah. think as long as they acknowledge it, then yeah, you, you can't just like sort of say, "Oh no, no, we never ever do anything like that." You know, we're a we're a family friendly company. We put smiles <laughs> you know on like, You sound like Sable in the attitude advert. <laughs> we never use sex to enhance our problems. <laughs> like I know it's very they're very different. Yeah. But uh, I think The Rock, it's like saying you can't count The Rock in this because he went away and did films and he's mm-hmm. no longer wrestling anymore. It's like it's a completely different thing. It's more like what was their impact when they were involved in wrestling, their involvement, their impact on wrestling. I don't think her impact is any less because of what she did when she had got out. I totally agree. So are we all saying China's the third name? Yeah. Yep. Right, we've got China in. I'm free for free. So am I. So am I. Yep. Right, so this is where I want the gloves off. Pay what is fighting. Let's go, Paige. This is where we need to come up because everyone's very so I've got Gail Kim, we've got Paige, we've got Mae Young, who else we got here? We've Ronda got Ray. Sarah Del Rey. So And you said awesome call. And Ronda awesome Ronda. call. Ronda. Okay. Now I'm gonna go over some of the names and some of the listeners and all people on social media have picked up, okay? So we have here Gladys Killam. And the blank faces show oh okay, <laughs> next. I'm gonna cut me Steve. Becky Lynch. I can understand why people put Becky in for current impact, mm-hmm. but you got to look. Well, I love Becky as much as the next guy. You know, don't get me wrong. I think one of my favourite matches. Not enough if you're. <laughs> <laughs> if you're one, not going to put her about Rochester, unless, unless the next guy is don't hold back, Parker, or, or go to meet her at a meeting, greeting glass. Yeah, but <laughs> that, that thing's on that. Day. Uh, but <laughs> one of my favourite matches of the last five years was her versus Sasha at, <laughs> <laughs> at NXT Takeover. But it's like. She's only had such a, sh- it's yeah. sh- a short period. It's hard. That's exactly the same reason why I disagree with Ronda Rousey. See, that's my point. I think Ronda Rousey should be nowhere near this discussion mm-hmm. because Dolly had a phenomenal year, and she, yes, she helped women get to the main event of WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. But the amount of people I've seen in the social media talking about this, as if it was just her, no. Nah. Charlotte Flair had a part to play. So did Becky, and so did every other female on the roster. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just Ronda. Well, the three. Some people. Some argument is. As you say, Ronda's the one that got them in the main event, the freedom with the partner. You could also actually apply that argument, and uh, don't hate me on this, Clarky, you could also apply that argument to Paige, I reckon, because obviously her tenure isn't as, as long as some of the other ones, but and not, like from an in-ring perspective, definitely not. But Finally, you're a son of <laughs> Yeah, again, obviously she's had issues with like neck issues, and but... You're from- going to have a neck issue soon if you don't <laughs> shut up. She's kind of like... <laughs> She's kind of like the reverse of Becky, you know, she had a very impactful first few years when it came to like NXT and WWE, but she sort of just quietened down in the last sort of few years, she's more of a, a managerial role, she had her uh, stint at SmackDown GM. Yeah, excuse her when she's got a neck injury that she's only a managerial role. It's just that, I just don't think she like was as impactful but, as say some of the other names we've already discussed. But Kwaku's, but Kwaku's point is with the NXT stuff, most, most people when they go women's evolution they start they all throw the names the, the, the horsewomen names out it was actually Paige and Emma yeah the they laid the ground where we said that in the horsewomen show thank yeah. you that's the point that was that was the actual argument I said they were the ones who came in I mean yeah yeah I get, I get that and it's if you just, look the thing with Paige is I mean I wouldn't have Paige in it but if you, you can understand the arguments I mean if you've, if you've to me you watch the fight with my family yeah. the film you kind of see the kind of journey of that night family yeah, yeah nothing against that it's just uh, it's, uh, no. I'm totally with you there, Steve. Uh, as well as with you, David. I love Paige, and she is one of my all-time favorite female wrestlers. But she should nowhere near this company. 
If we were talking about this in 10 years and she didn't have an injury, she'd be out. She'd be, well, she'd no be doubt. 100%. You would be arguing probably her shallotty degree, I think, if she never had a neck injury. Because mm-hmm. she was that good. Yeah. So what do you say? Uh, I'm respectful for some of the guys' opinions, but Paul Hayden would say about things about choosing your hill to die on. I think Ron Dreze is the hill I'm choosing to die on right now. <laughs> because I will argue against the fact that it was lights of what she was doing in MMA and what other women were doing in sports at that time that was causing all this mainstream pressure on WWE to timely take their women's athletes seriously and the whole the hashtag give these a chance was starting. And I think Ronda Rousey, well, well, we shouldn't just put it down to her. She played a big part in getting the women in the main event of WrestleMania because that would have happened eventually and it was a big step in the women's evolution. But I don't think it would happen as soon as it did if mm. Ronda wasn't employed by the company. And yeah. like Becky was in the right place at the right time and obviously she got injured before she had her match. Because I think it would have been originally Charlotte versus Ronda because Charlotte would have been a great for Ronda to go up against. She's a great villain to go up against. But like Ronda played a good part in getting women in that main event spot. Okay, well, counter that, you're talking about mainstream. You're not even about Western mainstream, what about Eastern mainstream? What about you're talking about Asuka? Asuka has done more in WWE than Ronda. But yeah, and you look at, um, in terms of, Asuka's a great wrestler, and she was, she was a star in Japan, but she was not the star in Japan, you know? I mean, the one that's currently in NXT, the new who is, maybe we'll see the star in a lot, but a lot of people said is Io Shirai. Mm-hmm. Io Shirai was, um, is, the, is, the, is the, absolutely, you talk about uh, Satamura as well. Yeah. She's the one that's been about for 20 odd years, you know? Mm-hmm. So... I mean, if you're gonna pick a, if you're gonna pick somebody from the east, they'd be, I'd pick me too over Asuka. I've seen it's crazy Asuka. Yeah, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Also, Miko Satomura. Yeah, she's as well. Um, so I don't, I don't know too much about, you know, the Japanese wrestling scene. I don't, well, I, I don't have access to, you know, the New Japan stuff. But when then they use have them in over maybe some of the WWE females or even the TNA females. I would argue you with Shirai probably, yeah, because she's, you know, she's. Continuing to make an impact, not just in Japan, but also it's, like in NXT as well. It's more you'd exposure to it, you know. I mean, yeah, the people, uh, ones like Aja Kong as well, yeah. who are yeah. in AEW um, now as well. You may find when the exposure to these people grows, you know. I mean, Satomura I didn't really know much about before the main Young Classic, but when you watch some of her stuff back, it's absolutely great. It's just that lack of mainstream attention, yeah. particularly in Western cultures, which we yeah. were so accustomed to. I think that's kind of what's let them down a bit. Well, you also realise New Gimmick should definitely go to the cast as well of fame. It's just a phase, Bob! <laughs> I mean, well, well, sorry, I think Japanese and Japan, I think women's wrestling has seen a lot differently. Like, I think they were ahead of having like all female promotions long before I think more Western countries did. Mm-hmm. And that we've seen places now, like in the US and here in Glasgow, with fierce females. But I think obviously when you're looking at the, the wrestling here and women's wrestling in Japan, it's very different because of how mm-hmm. they treat women, because there are plenty of like women that are treated as main stars, like you said, like Vaja Kong. And like me with Samura. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you're going to talk about sort of like mainstream and people have, uh, have been involved in around the world, well, here's one more about Victoria. Victoria's Ooh. been all around the world. She's been notoriously known for putting people over and helping the other younger ones develop. That was one name that was mentioned by a listener. It's a good, it's a good show. She kind of. I think she was one of the examples that came in the wrong era. I don't think she was in the right era. Yeah, she's, she was ahead of her time, just like China was. Yeah, yeah. I think she's a great one, but she's more suffered from the point of time she was in. Mm-hmm. She was in that kind of spell where, other than Trish and Leah, you would know the names when they come up. But how many of them would you say are all-time greats? Yeah. You know, because like for me, Harvey Gilkim carried the knockouts division in TNA 
that time to take on the likes of Trish and Lita in WWE, but the problem was TNA didn't have the exposure that WWE had, mm-hmm. and that potentially could lead to a downfall. Yeah, I think maybe. I think she's a, a good shout because she came in. She she was not afraid to try new things. She came in. She had a different style gimmick where she was this weird like stalker of Trish Stratus almost, and they had that hardcore match her and Trish at Sarvaris. She was willing. Her and Molly Hall were willing to have a hair v hair match just to get women and the women's title on WrestleMania. And like you said, like she picked up kind of from where like lots of awesome Kong Gio Kim left off when she went to Impact and which she was looking kind of the antithesis to the likes of the beautiful people. Yeah. So yeah, I think she's in which she was actually very close to being on my on my Mount Rushmore, but I think I had her as like an honorable mention. Mm. Right, so I kind of mentioned a lot of people but nobody's fighting for the last pack, so come on who? Paige. So uh, Parker's right, Parker. uh, Yeah, but Sarah yeah. Delray, some of the stuff she did, what she's done to help bring that division forward, you know, and she's a she's a she's an unsung hero, I think. Mm-hmm. You need something the actual Mount Rushmore's got one president who I can't remember the name of. <laughs> Roosevelt? <laughs> Jefferson? Maybe Roosevelt, I can't remember. Oh, okay, I mean, he's been to America for a month and he knows all the presidents. We're we not one to be that. We want everyone to Dollar know our Mount Rushmore. Dollar. This is going to be the official Mount Rushmore wrestling. Uh, Just for the list of the whole dollars are Washington and Lincoln. I know Washington and Lincoln are the two ones, but we're not so, talking about history, we're talking about wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> also, I agree, I agree, but quite a lot of people probably aren't as aware. Well, well that's the thing, that's maybe why if I had to go with any of the ones other than myself, uh, I'd be swayed towards uh, David's of May Young, just I purely because of um, yeah, that type of generation to generation type aspect. I, I'm sorry, I can't I can't really differ amongst the sort of crop of talent in this generation, I think you kind of have to go back to one of the originators, and yeah. that's why I chose May Young. And she's crazy! <laughs> yeah! yeah like, like, she's a great character too. Yeah. She came back, she was great. WrestleMania 20, when it was her and Moolah with the brain and Gene Oakland. Yeah. Uh, there was WrestleMania 27, where she just showed up behind the rock. <laughs> and there was the, I think, Raw Old School, where she Raw basically 1, just called out Lay Cool. Yeah. And there was Raw 1000, when she brought her son. I know I was thinking heavily for Ronda, but I think if I had to like, choose anybody else, yeah, I think. I, I might basically take you with Dave and a bit me on because we talk about and the attitude there and likes when China and Trish and Lee are all come up and how women's wrestling is taken seriously. But just try and go back a few decades to when Mae Young is coming up. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be twice as difficult for her to be taken seriously when she was at her peak. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she came back in her older years and wasn't afraid to, like, she had that skip work, which was apparently described as how she actually would be that day when she was smoking cigars, drinking beers with the acolytes backstage. She, got, she took a oh, table. Shit. She did a table, she got beat up and put in figure fours by Jeff Jarrett. I think she could have an RKO at one point for yep. Randy Orton, or was that Miller? There's no doubt she's a badass, but you're saying obviously about her time, but is that not maybe slightly disrespectful to the likes of like Gail Kim, who's been one of the best technical wrestlers Shoot. probably in the last 20 years? Gail Kim, been- Gail Kim is a good one for the example of uh, what she did for TNA, mm-hmm. but she never really got, even though she did great for TNA and she got that division up, she didn't really get. If she'd got TNA to the same level, it may be mm-hmm. more of an argument, but TNA was mm-hmm. always still... It's the same argument if you're not going for my pick. <laughs> <laughs> I could go with this, because the stuff that Sarah Amato did on the independent scene at the likes mm-hmm. of Ring of Honor and Shikara didn't get the same eyes on it as Gail Kim did, but... Mm-hmm. What are you thinking then? Uh, no, I've got to go with the originator, me Young. Go, right. We're going for the decision time, okay? So, Kwaku, who are you going to go for? 
Office down to them, Dennis, me, I'm You stand your ground if you want, you stick with Paige, you stick with Paige. No, I'm sticking with Paige. Right. I'll go with me. You're going with me? Me young. Yeah, that's true. I'm going with me young. I was going to go stick with Gail, so it looks like you and I die in the hill we stand on. Oh, so it looks like Mae Young is the last one to well, take our Well, we all know Scotty doesn't know, so that's <laughs> Well, there we go. We have our Mount Rushmore of female wrestlers. Charlotte Flair, Trish Stratus, China, and Mae Young. Kind of hard to argue really against them. I mean... It's a strong lineup. I mean, I mean, it's it's solid, yeah. Solid. I mean, some of us tried, like Blackie's for Blackie's, <laughs> but we tried, but we tried. Well, it's kind of like, 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 Oh, that's exactly who I was going to say. I'm going to go with Tessa. I think Tessa's the one. And I think if you was going to take any one of them out, I think you're talking maybe Trish should be the weak one. Mm, maybe. Trish to me would be the weak one. I would say WrestleMania main event, Trish. Um, I mean, Charlotte versus Tessa for the spot on the Mount Rushmore. Oh, no. oh, oh yeah. Oh, no, I think Charlotte's Char- the safest one in the Mount Rushmore. Well, no, no. you don't think so, okay? Maybe, I think she's second safest. I think Mae Young would be the, the right, safest so, one. So who's the weakest then? Who's the Trish. Weakest? Trish. Josie, what about you? Maybe China. I Maybe think China, China might be the China. No, I think China's got a bit of an edge on Trish. Right, so what are you saying, Kaku? I'll say more China, probably. China? I'll go with China's the weakest. Trish. I think China just... Oh, Trish. I think Trish. I've been outvoted here, so <laughs> I'm saying China's the weak link of the Mount Rushmore and is the only one potentially could be replaced by Tessa Blanchard. There we go, you've heard it here first. We'll come back in 10 years, here we go on with that. <laughs> well, we're just going to go into a break now. So, have a listen to our break here, which is Jim Carnett talking to JR about who would be his Mount Rushmore. We'll see you after the break. Hey guys, more than hype here, LJ Cleary, Darren Carney, Nathan Martin, and you're listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet! Hey, if you were a curator or someone that had a lot more money than brains said, hey, I got this mountain here and I want to put the Mount Rushmore of wrestling managers on it, who would who be your five? Oh, well, no, there's only four, JR. Oh, they had American history down in Oklahoma, Jesus. didn't they now? Well, but actually, well, when you think about Bobby Heenan, yeah. hey, boy, you know, see, then you talk about the eras and the different impact. On a Mount Rushmore, do you put a Bobby Davis or a Wild Red Berry on there simply because they were really the first at what they did? Mm-hmm. Then do you go, uh, you know, to the, uh, to the north or the south because there were great uh, northern managers like... Uh, Freddie Blassie, obviously, who'd be on Mount Rushmore for wrestling anyway already, and then the the Wizard, and Albano, or do you go down south and you look at Sir Oliver Humperdinck and Gary Hart, and uh, then, of course, you know, the old southern guys like Dr. Ken Ramey Mm -hmm. and Sir Steve Clements and George Two-Ton Harris. 
Bunk Harris, and then in modern day, Paul Ellering. And did I mention J.J.? And of course, me and Happy Heyman. Oh. And who have uh, Jimmy Hart? My God. So it, the eras or the style or the whatever, I always say Bobby Heenan is the best manager of all time. J.J. and I agree on that. And the rest of us are, are glad to all be in the running and be, you know, talked about. And I've left a ton of people out there. But how, how, do, you, how do you figure it past Bobby's the best? No, I agree with that wholeheartedly. You know, I, I even went this far one time in a Q&A. I said uh, we were talking about the greatest performers ever and uh you know who's the greatest who's the greatest in-ring performer you know so you're either expected to say flair or sean uh, as a rule there are, there are other guys don't get me wrong there are a lot of a lot of guys that are really really good so then they would ask me about but who's the greatest performer and i said well to me one guy that comes to mind as the greatest performer in the history of the business is bobby heenan because if bobby heenan were wrestling today he'd be a star because he was a he was a lot yeah. lot better wrestler than most of the guys that are that are being featured nowadays. Yeah, that, that's true. He he didn't have the body, but he was he was actually a, a better worker than most of the guys that he managed, except oh. for Stevens and Bachwinkle. Yeah. So so a he, he was a much better at, than average wrestler. He took great bumps as a heel. You have to be able to feed the comeback of the baby face and fly around and and get bounced around some. And God knows he could he could uh, take bumps and he could. Oh look. my God! Dad, nobody's ever done the same kind since. And and he could and he he knew how much color to get and he knew what everything and how to beg and how to be a, a weasel and everything. Then he goes to become this manager we're talking about, as good as there ever was. And then he goes seamlessly right into the TV booth and on a high level becomes an outstanding television broadcaster in a talk environment and a live event environment. And there are two different skill sets for those as well. So if you look at all the, all the tools in a toolbox, Heenan is as good an all-around performer as the business has ever seen, in my opinion. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Hey guys, this is Brandy Rhodes, and you are listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. And a big thank you to the guys for more than hype there. You can listen to them on all our podcasting sites, iTunes, Android, and Spotify. Now we're on to the next part of the show, the men's Mount Rushmore. So this is where I expect a lot of heat here, a lot of fighting, because this is arguably the most debated topic in all of wrestling. So we're going to go around the panel again. This time I'm going to start with Quacku. Quacku, give me your picks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so first off the bat, I'm going to go with The Rock. No, I'm going to say I did this for The Rock, except <laughs> I didn't get into my car and run him over. No, I'm sitting in a nicely heated studio. I'm going to a put very warm studio. A very warm studio. heated studio. And I'm going to put his face on the mountain of Capsi, where it should be. So, yeah, The Rock, the great one, the people's champion, he should go up in there. Second on the list, for me, it is none other than Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, for me... When I first started watching wrestling, it was just all about them two. The rivalry, teaming together, just the charisma, how much energy they brought and they got me invested. I, as a wee tripper, used to have cans of coke and pretend I was like Stone Cold Steve Austin and drink like that. I'm a bit more dignified now that I don't do that anymore, but 
one day maybe I will do if it wasn't for the stupid super tax. <laughs> <laughs> then, that next pick. Now, for me, wrestling wouldn't be the way it is as big as whatever and everything. And it's got to be a big part. It's got to be put down to Vince McMahon. As controversial Ooh. as he may be now, and you've got to admit how big wrestling is on TV, worldwide, and everything. A big part of that is Vince McMahon. Yeah, he's a bit mad, he's a bit mental, but be honest with yourself if there wasn't Vince and his efforts, would you be as invested? And WWE and it's created a knock on effect for other things. Let's be honest. Now, the fourth one, and this is where I think you guys may start to, because when I said this to somebody, they raised their eyebrows, Mr. Oh, she had a neck injury, she can't go in the rush war. And it is Rey Mysterio. Now, at the time of wrestling, when he started, when he was very prominent and everything, at that time, a lot of a lot of wrestlers, you look at them, they're all big guys, they're all six foot four, six foot five plus, all like 300 pounds, although they're not actually 300 pounds, but you know what I mean, they're huge and everything. And then out comes this little uh, action figure who is literally a superhero, and so many people, in particular in Cruiserweights, have said they were inspired to get into wrestling because of Rey Mysterio, and he's still going at it. He has gold to the back of his t-shirt, and to me, you can't you can't deny him in that one. He's um, been a world heavyweight champion, and he's just captured the imaginations of so many and inspired so many, and that's why I would put, I mean, it'll be a bit odd having a guy in a mask on the face of a mountain, but to me, <laughs> That's why I would put Ray Mysterio in there. Fair play. It's not kind of hard to argue against any of them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. He also, he's also got a mask written on his mask. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Should have named him it's his mask. <laughs> what do you want him to have on it? A balaclava? <laughs> a hat, maybe? <laughs> and there's a topic conversation about you never thought here today. <laughs> Stephen, yes. how are you? Uh, well, my first pick is... Do we need to listen to him? He's all wrong. <laughs> My first pick is uh, going to be Bruno San Martino. Uh, if you kind of look at the, gen- the how wrestling's evolved over the years, we talk about when we talked in the first half about May Young. Bruno had a similar impact mm-hmm. in the, in the, on the men's side of things. The man, when wrestling was not seen more as a carnival type sport, he sold out Madison Square Garden week after week. The way he drew fans in was unbelievable. You talk about the moment he lost the world, the world title. Uh, when he got screwed off his abisco the heat in that building was unbelievable it just shows how much you could draw in mm-hmm. an audience to it but the other good thing about him is he wasn't afraid as well to express his beliefs as well you kind of mm-hmm. think that one but he he was positive about how wrestling shouldn't be vulgar and that type of stuff you got to kind of respect kind of mm-hmm. San Martino and for his generation I was, kind of, I was swayed over him over potentially other ones uh, my second pick Nature Boy Ric Flair. I went, Woo! I went with I went with Flair over Hogan <laughs> because I think well Hogan, you know, at that time he was the actual megastar. What Flair had, he had charisma and abundance. He was able to reinvent himself so many times. The fact that he came back from pretty much a near death plane crash to change into this technical style. But if you look in the nineteen eighties. 
most great matches in wrestling in America it was Ric Flair, you had Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat, you had Ric Flair and Terry Funk, you had Ric Flair and Sting. He got a great feud out of Lex Luger. He <laughs> led he led the four horsemen to up to honestly to peaks and then even when he went to WWE, when people said his career had faded in the nineties and he was pretty much a, a parody of himself, he was still able to become the same similar popularity and I think Ric Flair is just he's an absolute gem. And I think that's why I pick him. My third pick the dead man Undertaker uh, again when you talk about somebody who's able to reinvent himself he was a he was an Undertaker <laughs> that was his gift really? he, was, he was an undead guy working a funeral parlour but that debuted in 1990 and he's still wrestling today just unbelievable how he was able to just make that gimmick come alive and just change up and change it up pretty much year after year he would come back pretty much from an injury and be completely different Change, just the gimmick was changing he's just an absolute leader in that locker room and I don't think you could have this consideration without him and my final one like I said in the first half it was either Rock or Austin gotta go with Austin uh, for, for two reasons one massive Austin fan he was the guy that got me into wrestling and just what he did for the sport and for that company in a, in a period where the Monday Night Wars were happening he came in his popularity took the sport above and beyond where it is and probably would this, it would be not as big now without him mm-hmm. and I'm going to go with Austin on that one strong arguments see, see knowing Stevie when he gets a contractor to construct about Rushmore he'll get someone from Bells Hill who will get a really mediocre brief and they'll end up carving Jay Leaf instead of Rick Flair in there <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought that's a guy he sounded like that's who you wanted was to be fair see if that happened that would be amazing <laughs> <laughs> that's the best that's, that's, the, that's the best space Martin <laughs> 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 I can't do the voice is so good. <laughs> I love the fact that Quack is getting a work out of Bell Hill. Come on, they're all cowboys. <laughs> Dave, we'll come to you next. Yeah. Well, in an echo of what the guys have already said, I'm going to be repeating some names here, but my first name is The Undertaker. He's sort of the guy that I would consider like a lifer when it comes to the wrestling industry. You know, he, he debuted back in 1990, like before, like you know things really started picking up with the Attitude Era and stuff but he's one of those characters that has stood the test of time not only for just you know obviously being his character but the fact that he he was a big guy and he could do so many he had such a good mix of moves you know he could sometimes even do dives outside the ring and he's had that sort of captivating presence for so long that he's often one of the first names people remember when they say oh if you were to say like to a non-wrestling fan I think he would be one of, if not maybe a handful of first names that people would come up with. And the fact that he's dedicated all that loyalty as well to WWE, he's been with them since the sort of end of the golden era. And every time he comes back, he generates such a big crowd reaction that even after all this time, people still love him for being The Undertaker. So, and it's just having that connection with the fans over such a long period and the fact that he's been so loyal to the WWE and his character is has just stood the test of time I've got to put Undertaker up there like without a shadow of a doubt second one I'm also going to go with Ric Flair like (laughs) was waiting for that Uh, just to sort of echo what like Stevie said as well like probably one of the most charismatic guys you'll get like from like maybe sort of the 80s and stuff like 
cross promotion through WCW to WWE and NWA. He's just one of those guys, like, even his catchphrases still carry on to this day. Like, see what we're doing right now. As soon as we mention his name, we can't help but woo. <laughs> That's how much of uh, an impact he's had on us Wait, as fans. It's either wooing or you elbow drop your jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, anybody, like, anytime somebody does a chop in the ring, people woo. Mm-hmm. Anytime somebody does a figure four, they woo. That's how synonymous he's become with those moves. And his catchphrase, you know, I mean, it's woo. It's one word and it's, everybody loves it. So, yeah, Ric Flair, I think that's a no-brainer as well. My third one, already been mentioned as well, The Rock. Because The Rock has become such a cultural icon, not just in the wrestling industry, but also in the world of movies. You know, he's arguably the hardest working man in Hollywood right now. He's an actor director, producer, but when we sort of talk about his time in WWE, he sort of started off as a bit of a, bit of a, a whippersnapper, a bit of an up-and-cover with his, uh, like Rocky Rocky Johnson, and but then the fact that he was able to turn around the sort of die Rocky die chance into The Rock to become like the most, the biggest heel in the company associated with Vince McMahon, and it's the way he carried himself in the ring. He looks like a superstar. He looks like the guy that everybody wants to be, but also the guy that everybody everybody wants to beat as well because he's such an arrogant sort of character. But he backed it up in the ring. You know, maybe he's... But it was purely just down to his promos and how he delivered his character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like some of the other guys as well, like people would like imitate his promos, imitate his actions, you know, the eyebrow raising. And yeah, I mean, it's just one of those guys like who still has transitioned from his wrestling role into the acting sort of role. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so he's, he's on there as well. And finally, Stone Cold Steve Austin, because <laughs> you know, like with Quack who said he was talking about, you know, smashing the Coke cans together. <laughs> I once did the exact same thing when I was like, when I started watching wrestling as well, and I was watching old clips of that. But Stone Cold Steve Austin was kind of like a sort of man of the people type gimmick. You know, everybody wanted to be the guy who just wanted to beat up their boss uh, in any circumstances. And he would go so wild and so reckless with his antics, like the beer truck, driving the ATVs, and just beating up Vince McMahon whenever he felt like it. That's the kind of guy, that rebellious attitude that we all wish we could have and just not, well, not directly feel the, the ramifications of it. He's the guy that everybody wanted to be and they just wanted to be, be like him. Again, another strong case there. Can't argue. Scott? Well, if Wilson is to be correct and we can only choose Rock or Austin, I'm choosing the most electrifying man in sports and entertainment. Is this under duress? Even when you're twice, that is. Even when your brother's not in the country. I know. For us, his favourite is The Rock, and I got into wrestling because Ross was watching it, so you know. See, you're by association then. But anyway, The Rock, few people have achieved as much success outside of wrestling than The Rock, because we talked about. Like people, we have people have some people have mixed success when they leave wrestling. Sometimes they go into good things outside of wrestling. Sometimes they fall on hard times. But The Rock, like we talked about, the likes of Hogan and all that, they went, they tried to act in outside of wrestling. Hogan's films were rubbish. <laughs> to put it nicely, The Rock is the highest paid movie star of all time. He's he's a guy that he gets properly brought into franchises to help save them because that's how talented he is as a leading man. And as a wrestler, he was quite selfless as a wrestler. He was willing to put people over while Austin in late 99, despite injuries, he still 
put, being put in the main event. Rock is willing to come down to the undercard and fight likes of Bulldog and Billy Gunn. He's willing to do comedy segments with Mankind as part of the Rock and Sock. And when you look to look at the Rock, Rock only won just a little more, bit more than half of his matches. He actually lost more often than he won, almost. And also at the Rock, he's, he's changed from heel to face quite a few times. And always like likes a big show for constantly changing. But every time the Rock moved from one to the other, it always had a reason, always made sense. Either it was a storyline reason, or because the reaction record was either so negative or so positive that he had to switch to one or the other. Uh, second pick, he's already been mentioned, and wrestling is all about characters, and there's few characters that transcend wrestling throughout the years than The Undertaker. A man who had to kind of limit his, his, his moveset to fit that gimmick out on him. We talk about how he's selling and telling stories through facial expressions. The Undertaker was able to tell so much by just having this deadpan, like, dead facial expression. And also, without The Undertaker, we don't have Kane, my favourite wrestler of all time. So, you know, by extension. And my next picks have actually not been mentioned. And this first one, how can you mention him when you can't even see him? My next pick is John Cena. A man who's almost following in the footsteps of what The Rock is doing. A man who's been in the top and now he's going on to make movies. And whatever you think of John Cena, he's been a consummate company man. He's all about loyalty. John Cena has never really wavered, never tried to get out. He's gone out and tried to negotiate, go somewhere else. He's always been the company guy. And whatever you feel about him, he's actually really underrated by some people as an actual wrestler. He's had more good matches than people would ever give him credit for. And also the fact that some people don't like him. He's actually played his advantage. Look at his match with RVD in 2006 and his match with Punk. And mind the bank, those two matches wouldn't have been as good if the crowd wasn't so vehemently against Cena. Mm-hmm. And the sec- my final pick, he's not a boy toy. He's just a sexy boy. Mm-hmm. It's Shawn Michaels. A man who, I try to think of someone who's just who's a pure wrestler, but this man's a perfect blend of wrestling and a character. He's just so, when he, was, he was such a good at playing that arrogant heel who's has such phases that he can back up in the ring. There's a reason why so, there's a generation of wrestlers that try to imitate Shawn Michaels and yet can't do it because he was so talented. A man who came back from a career-ending back injury and also that ma- series of matches with The Undertaker at 25 and 26 are some people's favourite matches of all time. And these men, like you talk about some people being too old to wrestle, these two men were in their early 40s when they pulled this up showing that it doesn't matter, like skill doesn't matter how old you are. Like it's, you either have it or you don't. Really good arguments there. Can't argue against that. Um, so for me, I'm going to start off with my all-time favourite, and for me, the greatest of them all, The Rock. Mm-hmm. Again, take what everyone said here. Most charismatic. Although, you know, there was is a times where you know the fans were really against him. Even when he was a heel, face some art, he always had brilliant matches. And I always remember something Jim Ross said. And if I remember right, it was Capital Punishment 1998 or Capital Carnage, sorry, 1998. Pay per view they did in London and The Rock was fighting in the main event and he was a WWF champion walking down the ring. And that's when Jim Ross said, if you could, wrestling gods could create a wrestler for looks, style, talking the lot, that's him. He is the quintessential wrestler. He's the full package. Or as kind of quacky would say, package. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, but as you see, as everyone said, he's been on to Hollywood, he's dominated Hollywood, and you know. It kind of speaks volumes when his first major film out with WWE Studios was The Rundown, which in America was called, over here it was called Welcome to the Jungle, and he's got a camera from Arnold Schwarzenegger, who says, have fun, that's him passing the mantle on, and he's taking it, like the wrestling, into a new level. Austin took it so far, I think The Rock took it further, same in the movies, Arnie took it so far, now he's taking it further. Next one, Stone Cold Steve Austin, instead of the coke, I used the Iron Brute. I'm a Scottish boy, 
did it that way. But yeah, Austin, Attitude Era, he is, for me, the quintessential face of the Attitude Era. He is the guy. Um, it's not really much more you can say that already hasn't been said. Now, for my Mount Rushmore, they're the two absolutes every day of the week. The ones I've put forward, that i put forward to the script today, they have changed, but I'm going to stick with them. So why I put last night, I put this together. Next was Hulk Hogan. Now I know Hulk Hogan in recent years has now been a very distasteful and he's been very questionable, but back in his heyday in the late 80s and the 90s, take your vitamins. He was a role model to kids. He was the, the icon you wanted to grow up to be and he was the face of wrestling. And up until probably likes of The Rock, John Cena, so he was the, great, the biggest, the greatest of them all. He was the guy and he's always stood the test of time. I know like some people have got their issues on, but if we can look past that and look into what he actually did for wrestling, it's kind of hard to argue. But as I said, if they asked me today, it, it wouldn't be my pick. It changes all the time, I'm terrible for it. My last one, um, with Scott here, John Cena. John Cena carried WWE when wrestling wasn't cool. When wrestling was, oh, you, you watch that last really daft, that stupid, it's all fake, blah, blah, blah. He kept that company going and he managed to work with the likes of Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar and so forth to keep developing. And his character's changed slightly, not too much. He's the, the Dr. Thugonomics, then he went on to respect loyalty hustle. You know, he kept it going. Uh, but also the fact that you're talking about there some of the, the matches, he is very heavily underrated. And also, he was the only guy prepared to take Suplex City. Randy Orton originally wasn't prepared to do it, neither was Triple H, he said I'll take it. And that's and he took that beating off a of Brock Lesnar. We all know wrestling hurts, but fair play to the guy and that's why he made my list today. So that's my list. Now, going around everyone's picks, everyone except for Steven has picked The Rock. Are we putting The Rock in or is Steven going to swing for the rafters here and say, no. I'm not going to argue against The Rock, because uh, I was swaying on The Rock to be fair I wasn't a rock. there was a couple of ones that I was very close to putting in and they have all been mentioned by the guys in the panel mm. so what they said about The Rock you just said about The Rock is perfectly accurate for what he's done mm. you know what he's done outside of wrestling the way he went from the Rocky Maivia point to become arguably the greatest the, one of the greatest of all time the best thing actually about The Rock was the point where Austin broke his neck and he was out for the year, the Survivor Series 99. See if that happened during John Cena's time. And John Cena had something that had to take him out for so long. You'd find it hard to find somebody who could fit in seamlessly. seamlessly. Sorry. Uh, but The Rock. That wasn't seamless. <laughs> <laughs> but, but The Rock. The Rock came in and arguably took Austin's place. Mm -hmm. And you didn't even. As big an Austin fan as I am, I barely noticed he was away. <laughs> I'm not really sure myself to be a great fan here. I wouldn't argue against The Rock. I would argue against The Rock if it meant Austin didn't go in. Because, Austin, because Austin's my top choice. So you do you know? think he should go in? What? Rock? Yeah. yeah but it doesn't matter if you're. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well, let's just spin it around then. Does anyone get any say that Austin shouldn't go in? Well, see, I've kind of flip-flopped a bit with Austin a bit because now that the because the you two have mentioned it before, it was John Cena. You know, he was mother choice as well that could have gone in. And you know, as much as like Austin was the face of the Attitude Era, and we all wanted to be that that sort of re rebellious character that he was, 
John Cena is the guy who carries himself as the ideal role model. Yes, you say that, but you got to look at the flip-flopping times. John Cena was there when there was arguably no set competition and there was nothing really against it. Stone Cold came in and he transformed an industry. He came in and his popularity was immense. He True, but he didn't win the Monday Night War. <laughs> <laughs> We all know who won the Monday Night Raw. And it wasn't even mentioned by any of us. Well, it has been mentioned. We will bring it up later on and we keep going in the discussion. But really? <laughs> yeah. But The Rock was mentioned. He was part of that. Yes, The Rock put him over. So, really. The Rock put him over. And so does Shawn Michaels. And I will say this about John Cena as well. He was also one who sort of transformed with the times as well. So he always stayed relevant as one of WWE's key players. Uh, I think Cena's a great show, but... It's hard when there's only four places. The thing with the rock is, I don't, I'm not arguing that Austin shouldn't go in. It's just that I don't, get, I don't like the idea that he can either be only Austin or Rock and it can't be both of them. Because I heard, a, well, I can't remember who said it first, but I really agree with this. When it comes to Austin and Rock, it said Austin brought new fans in, but it was the Rock that kept them there after mm-hmm. Austin went away. Well, yeah, because a lot of the Rock's quote, quote, uh, scenes sorry, are still part of our daily speech. Like you're talking about Ric Flair, there, David Bourbeau, like. You've just went and done the rock playing against Steven. You know, how many times have we had banter in the chats and then somebody said, I'm going to lay smack down on you? Yeah. you know, we do a flagship show is named after yeah. Yeah. Exactly, the number two show in wrestling. I mean, um, have any of us said, like, uh, I'm a. Like, that's the bottom line because I said so, or, like, I'm going to open up what? a kind of wood pass on you? Or, what? what? Yeah. To be honest, that's the only real sort of thing I think the watch. The watch chance, yeah. No, Austin, no good. And just for that bloody watch chance, I've turned against them now. See, theoretically, if we put the two of them, if we put the two of them in, then what happens with the other two places? In theory. Well, then we argue that's why we're here. Yeah, but I think Quackers kind of mentioned somebody that I think. Based on his argument, I think is actually a pretty solid show. Vince McMahon? Yeah. Cause because think about it, all this that were going on, who was all around it? Who was at the centre of the arc? Who was at the yeah. centre? Who was propping them up? Who was putting it on? Nash? Who was, who was doing absolutely everything in the mm-hmm. wrestling industry to get it to where it is now? Man who is willing to take constant ass women from Austin yeah. to help get Austin over. At the end of last week's show, it was just Quack and I in the studio, and Quack and I rough quickly spoke about what we're going to do for today and Quacky mentioned McMahon and I said no and he's not a wrestler and then when Quacky started to talk about it it's, it's exceptionally difficult to argue against him mm-hmm. I mean he isn't a wrestler but none of that should be here without him but he's, he, his points are really great on that when you look at what uh, Aus- uh, not sorry Austin too much talking about McMahon did in the 80s when he started buying up all these territories mm-hmm. and it's like why is he doing that? I mean everybody has their own areas but he wanted to make this something so much bigger <laughs> and he's arguably done that I mean when we talk about Austin in the Attitude Era Vince was the one who fought outside the box and thought I'm losing this I need to do something different <laughs> and he did that and as much as he gets criticism to even till to this very point in time when we're talking about NXT <laughs> going to two hours going to USA and Vince potentially coming in and taking it over he's still got the capability of doing something well, absolutely. Like, we're all, uh, all the fans of any negative one, just think is obviously the Raw and SmackDown pros haven't been that great for a long time. No. And people feel he's lost his way. During Attitude Era, he was going through the same way, and it was you know, the people backstage, like Austin, Raw, Triple H, when he kind of started, and then he started listening like, to Briscoe, Patterson, and they're like, you need to get that outsider. One, one of my things I find in recent times that's a great stroke from him is when, see when Braun Strowman first came in? Mm. 
nobody gave Braun Strowman hope and help. And then when Braun Strowman was feuding with Roman Reigns, and he had that, when he started getting that push, and he became pretty much most popular guy in the roster. Who was the only guy who wanted to push him? Vince. Vince. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just about to say, it was by listening to everyone back then, and again, it was desperation, I suppose, why he did it. Put Foley over the rock, and that's what ended the Monday Night Wars. That was it. You know, and maybe we're coming to that time. Maybe this time it's going to be Triple H is going to have to sit down and go, like, if you mess this up, we're done. AEW will eat us alive on Wednesday mm. nights. Every, everything he did in the 80s in terms of buying the territories mm. and starting WrestleMania, we wouldn't probably have anything that happened after that. Ted Turner wouldn't have bought WCW. We might not have had the Monday Night Wars, you know. Paul Heyman may have not started up his, uh, ECW, yeah, to yeah. On ECW to where it was, you know. See, I know a lot, like, of my, a lot of people might see Vince's business practices somewhat maybe unethical and almost like a very sort of aggressive style, but you can't really argue if it works for him, and he actually built an empire as a result of it. I, mean, I, mean, I say second, you quite both laugh, but you're taking the term a bit too literal. Like, see people that are really successful in business are psychopaths, they don't care how they put people out of business, they want the business, they want to win it. I mean, that's why I've, I've asked previously before, who's the world's most famous psychopath? The answer is the US President, Donald Trump. Trump bought people there's out. There's Donald Trump, they're blocking us. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but yes, he's admitted it. You know, Donald Trump would you know, liquidate companies and for a profit and he would put buy companies out and he would put people out of homes and stuff like that to make his business work and that's what you need and that's what most CEOs are yeah. they have that psychopathic trait which is what McMahon has which is why he's been so successful the one, the one thing you would say we talked about China and we talked about China is what happened after wrestling mm-hmm. you've got a lot of the stuff that's going on that's happened during Vince's tenure as well and the likes of the steroid scandal and that type of stuff mm-hmm. as well would that kind of take things or would you kind of take that out of consideration? Mm-hmm. I, to be honest, I don't even think about it until it's brought mm. because I don't. It's not it, one of those things that's plagued his, his career. Like when you think about it, you know. I mean, sure, yeah, it was a probably one of the worst times well, of his entire life. But it played, it played WWE in the ninth in the mid nineties. That's uh, when that's yeah. when Hogan left WCW. Maybe kind of started to rise. Maybe know? it was just a generational thing because, like, mean when we all started to watch, was the first thing we thought about when we heard Vince McMahon was, oh yeah, he was indicted for this steroid trial. No, no, exactly. So we will focus on like. The, on the more positive aspects on and the fact he built this empire from the ground and he's still going with it to today a, I think he's a solid one the first name yeah because I think like, part of the reason he's some people say he's out of touch he may be a bit stubborn and like not wanting to change certain things about his presentation is because his way of doing things got him to where they are now that helped them buy yeah, out the territories and then beat WCW and East like vicious like Stockholm stuff you know, like, yeah. and sometimes it's about how he put people out of business like it's a thing with business sometimes you need to make enemies well competition's healthy there's a thing yeah. they say it was quoted in his feud to be Hogan in 2003 which is probably the best example of getting them on is like I made Hulkamania. Mm-hmm. So if he made mm-hmm. Hulkamania, he should be on that. I think he's. A, I think he should be first name on that. I think he should be Thank the first name. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, okay, so we've got two there. Boys, what do you think? I think yeah. Vince should be there. Case argued, yeah. Vincent Kennedy McMahon is the first name on the Mount Rushmore. There's something I never thought I'd be saying, but there we go. Knowing, knowing Vince, if he had to design his own Mount Rushmore, he would put himself on it. Hopeful. And then followed by Shane, the From best From each generation. Knowledge. Vince in the 80s, Vince in the 90s, Vince in the 80s, Vince in the 20s. I'll be like when he was using that top bowler to pull in Robin Reigns' number in the Royal Rumble. Uh, and 
that was all once he'll be Fitz McMahon Fitz McMahon <laughs> see if you're the one thing none of us mentioned about him he actually was a very good commentator as well was was yeah, com- yeah, was. Commentator. yeah I th- I'll disagree with you on that one but alright Wow, okay. Anyway, yeah. anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, so, I, I can retire, my case is... So, basically, we went and have a discussion about The Rock versus Austin, who should win. Neither one's been mentioned. I've just flung a pen, sorry. Vince McMahon's in. So, are we going to go back to Rock Austin? Let's can go. both of them be in, or is one of them going to take the hat? Well, I've put both of them in. No, I've put both of them in. I also said both, but I'm going to let one of them take a hit. I think for the names that are left, one of them has to take a hat because yep. the names. I think it's fair to say that it's either going to be one. Or it's either if it's going to be one, it's going to be Rock based on what everybody said. Yeah, I'd, 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 I would pick Rock over Austin. I my personal. I think I would choose Rock as well. On the Austin one, if you had to pick one, but I would maybe say we should put Rock down and then maybe not rule out Austin completely. Can pick. I just say, although I put both in. If you're going to put one on the chopping block, then I would actually say I'll put the rock on the chopping block. Right, okay. So, mm-hmm. oh, yes! So, we've got Stone Cold, we've got Stone Cold. The rock. 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 So, I'll get the swing. Yeah. And we know how much of a big rock fan you are. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with the great one, so. I don't think we should, at this point, rule I agree, he's not ruled out. No, 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 absolutely, yeah. That's what makes clear. He's not ruled out, he's just not in yet. Yes. Right, so, the rock is the second man in. So, this is where. Things get messy. The names that are left. So that's what I'm just going to mention. Some of the names just been mentioned by some of the listeners and some people on social media. So I just want to give a few shouts independently to Harry Rebel Jackson, who said Triple H, Shawn Michael, Undertaker, Edge. Thought it was quite a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also got here uh, Rob Carter, who said Stone Cold Steve Austin, Mick Foley, The Undertaker, and Bret Hart. Okay. Mm. Also, um, some other names have been called out as well. So. We've got here, now I want to see if anyone knows because I had to look at this guy up, I didn't, I've not heard him. George Hackenschmidt. No. <laughs> I, I've heard the name before, not overly remember it. So, somebody said Luffy. Is there something like that? <laughs> right. Okay, uh, one of my good friends, uh, Paul Millen, he actually said Rowdy Roddy Piper and Andre the Giant. He's the only person who said Andre the Giant. And Roddy Piper so far. Yeah. Yeah. Some good names. Good names. We've also got here, there's some names that I wouldn't personally put in just now, but they have been mentioned quite often. We've got uh, Daniel Bryan, Kenny Omega, Antonio Inoki. Sorry, I thought you were going to say Daniel Bryan messaged in. Do you think I'd be this camera if Daniel Bryan messaged in? So, I get all very good wrestlers, but I think not just now, maybe Mm, 10, 20 years' time. Maybe, yeah. Arguably, the Mount Rushmore present day wrestling. I think I'm going to show you with Kenny, I think we need to take some time, man, because. I think some people get put off because of the fact he gets all these like six star and six and a half star and yeah. some people people's opinions vary on the whole star system at the moment. Okay. With AEW coming up as well, I think this will give him a bit more exposure. Mm. Yeah. Well, Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson will be the Mount Rushmore of independence. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Now this one I guess. this next name I would have in it today. But as I said, my after rocking us I change every day, I'm terrible. Chris Jericho. Oh. Oh. I yeah. nearly had him in this because of he was borderline because of the reinvention thing. I, I, I Jericho, swing every day. Jericho to me is great, but he's a victim of the other names around him. <sighs> okay, I, right, well, well, explain that point because I've never heard anyone talk about Jericho in that aspect. Explain your point. It's just more that he's great, but he's not top four in my opinion. I mean, granted, he is great. He is really, really good, but. Like, I love how you're looking at me like that, but you don't even picture just to put it in perspective, my other two today would have been uh, 
Jericho and Triple H. And that might, might, yeah, yeah, might change all the time. See, Triple H is one other name. See, I thought Fo- Foley as well, but again, Foley, I thought Foley similar to Jericho. He's great, You've, but he's not. Terry Funk was another name that was mentioned. Um, another one here. Terry Funk would be great if the Mount Rushmore never retiring. <laughs> That's all <laughs> I would think take right him. now, especially just after his death. Harley Race, he's been a big shout as well. Eight-time NWA champions. There's so many. Names. It's just yeah. a, it's just the fact that obviously from the wrestling industry has been a predominantly sort of male-featured environment. So the fact you've got so many huge names, it, you can't really sort of pick and choose. Like, yeah. or, it's, or it's much more difficult to pick and choose. Well, what I thought was another great one example came out was actually Derek Kern from this podcast. He put out Bret Hart, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Ultimate Warrior. Ooh. He was the only person Ooh, who mentioned yeah. anything on social media for Macho Man and Ultimate He's Warrior. He's the only guy who said Macho Man. Only one I've not seen, nobody Derek. has, but what I've seen. Derek's really one. flying the flag for liberation there. With he those really things. is. <laughs> I mean, like, we could go on and I mean, on all day. You, you know, you've. You're prob- there's more you can think of, you know, you've got, oh, the list goes on and on. Sean, well, Sean Michaels has been briefly mentioned. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned Bret Hart and not one of the other stuff, but I can't believe he's not mentioned because him and Sean, we mentioned the steroid scandal. Mm-hmm. They two really got their opportunity in the main event scene because of the fallout of the steroid scandal because they were looking for people who were big mm-hmm. and, t- and people who were talented but didn't, weren't, didn't show clear signs of steroid mm-hmm. use. And these two like really start to shine well, at that time. Half necks bigger than their legs. Dusty Rhodes is one I've seen. Oh, Dusty Rhodes as well. Dusty Rhodes is a great one for. This is so difficult now. Sting. Thank you. I've been waiting for somebody to say. Rayhan, who I work with, now he was also a big wrestling fan. When I asked him this question, he's the only person that has mentioned Sting, and I was flabbergasted when he said it because it never crossed my mind. And you think that guy carried WCW? He was the main. Uh, he was the main thought yes. in Vince McMahon's side. Arguably, if what you've heard, what what like some issue they said is true, it's Sting's fault that they didn't kill off WWE with that Starcade match. Actually, yeah, Sting showed up kind of out of shape, and he yeah, they've been training. He looked an absolute mess. That's why they did the finish the way it did. You know, if, they, if that finish went the way it went the way people wanted it to be. We would be talking about Vince McMahon, no, we'd have Eric Bischoff on that. It's easy to say could have, would have, should have, and all that kind of stuff. It's the same with everything, you know, it's the same Exactly, so we've got to judge about it. Another another reason, Mm. again, to put Sting in, he carried DNA. Mm -hmm. Sting's a good one if you want it, because he's never had any success, really, in WWE. All his success came out with it. Right, he had two matches. Two matches, you know. And he he pretty much broke his neck in one of them. Yeah. Not entirely his fault. Yeah, that's actually a shame. He's actually got a zero percent record in WWE. I, I think that's what lets him down a bit, though. It's the fact that you know he never really got a chance to shine on the the, the big promotion, like oh, in terms of just size. But the but you but you're right. He did carry WCW. He did. He was a leading figure in See, TNA, and you can't really. Like he chose not to come to WWE See, until that. Oh yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like he carried those other promotions himself. He was the guy that people would think of. See, see the thing is, I was mentioning that would love Austin to be on it. I genuinely don't think we could have this without Taker. Mm. Yeah, agreed. But the only reason I don't have Taker on it, right? and I said, that's today, it'll probably, it'll probably end tomorrow, it changes all the time with me, right? I'm terrible for it. Taker was never the guy. He was one of the guys, but he was never the guy. At some point, Austin was the guy, yeah. Rock was the guy, but Cena, three, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. Three decades. Of course not. With the same gimmick as well. He was the guy. Can I be the first to think of logistics, Stevie? Could your Bells Hill contractors uh, construct a hat? 
Undertaker got stuck in this weird pattern for a while. Because it seemed to every new big guy that Vince was fascinated in, uh, their main proving test was to go up against Taker. Mm-hmm. Although Taker was a big guy himself, so obviously, more than not, the matches were not very good. The guy has been WWE loyal since 1990. He's kept. well done. <laughs> he's captivated audiences every time he steps out, whether he was like the the dead man or the American badass. So he, he's adaptive, he's quick, he's agile, but he's also strong, powerful, and he has that commanding presence. He's a locker room leader. Uh, and he's one of those names that as soon as you say it, like even a non-wrestling fan would say, yeah, I've heard of him before. Right, so let me just play devil's advocate very quickly. Has him not retired and destroyed his legacy? Or is destroying his legacy? No, I, I, people thought at WrestleMania we lost the reins. That was it. That was the time to go. And there's a meme that shows like a kid, 99. Yeah. Yay. 20, when he lost the reins, thank you. And it's like 2019. What the F? <laughs> you know what? Well, is it destroying his legacy? No, I think it's because it's the, you know, they've also got that that big 10 year deal with Saudi Arabia as well. They're always asking him to come back. And it's out of loyalty that he's doing that for them because <laughs> his he's. His lifetime contract. Yeah, his lifetime contract now. And. Have you seen like his 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 returns recently to Raw, like after WrestleMania for Extreme Rules? Has he not got a huge pop every time he appears? Well, there's no dispute in that. There's absolutely no dispute. Like, in so that. it's not like people are getting sick of seeing him. I think it's the fact that people are accepting the fact that he's now a special attraction. As much as I think he should retire, he's, he's got to be there. He's got yeah. to be just because just because of the gimmick. Let's let's bring this down. We need to get we need to get the third name in. So take him. I'll put it out here. Quacker, yes or no? Uh, if you're in the arguments, I'll probably say yes. We know your point, Steve. Yes. 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 Takers in. There we go. There we go. So the Undertaker is the third man. There's one of the things like. So, WrestleMania is one of the biggest shows in wrestling, and his streak made him a key part of that, so therefore he yes. yeah, didn't mention the streak, yeah. So, and the fact that I think people are getting kind of sad to see him, and now the more he appears, I think it's mainly because he's felt up such a fan, like, he's such a special place in a lot of fans' eyes, they don't want to see him tarnish his legacy. Right. So here we go, we're going to have to go fast and hard on this one. Dave, Dave's favourite. <laughs> so, we get one name left and it's the hardest argument in wrestling. Who's the last man? Just to put spitball on there. Stone Cold, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Dusty Rhodes, Roddy Piper, Andre the Giant, Rey Mysterio, John Cena. John Cena. None of these Sucks. guys are in yet. Who is going to be the fourth? Who's in? John Cena. Shawn Michaels. Don't go Steve Austin. Quack it. Ray Mysterio. And just to make it Hulk Hogan. Right. I'm like, we talk about, the, we say this phrase a lot, but Shawn Michaels was ahead of his time with his in-ring style. A lot of the moves that a lot of guys, are, the style that they're using today, like when they started on the reason now, it's being implemented in WWE through NXT and now in the main world, the guys like Seth Rollins. And like, I think it sounds like Adam Cole's very much like Shawn Michaels. Uh, because a lot of people were inspired by someone like Shawn Michaels. I think his influence is still being shown well, let's, today. Let's just stick this one up there, Matt. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that should be it. If we can't agree, then this one goes. Right, well, not, come on. I'm going to put one out here. And I said this after WrestleMania. I think for, for character wise, he is the greatest ever. Triple H. Mm. Triple H mm. is the best guy, a heel lover. 
He's a phenomenal face. He has phenomenal matches. He knows wrestling inside out. And what he's done with NXT is out of this world. And he is the natural successor to WWE. Um, Anyone going to argue that? Can I argue uh, for John Cena? Please. Well, it's your counter-argument. Okay. All right. Well, there's no denying what Triple H did for, like, you know, as a character. He could do the heel or the face great. And what he's done for NXT, obviously, like, absolutely brilliant. I just feel like it's another case of, like, he's not... The top four when so it like, comes to. So, like the point I was saying about Taker, I felt about Taker, that you made yeah. about Steve and Jericho. It's just, for me personally, there's just a few guys that are just above him. Can I suggest something if we can't decide this? We go for a second choice based on the five we've said. Can you No, this is what we're debating about. This is where we're going to find out who's going on. The thing about Triple H is he clearly had the potential in his first few years to be a top guy. But there's always some missing. I think he wouldn't have gotten to the level he eventually got to if it wasn't for Mick Foley. Because when he was in DX, he got laddled by being the guy next to Shawn Michaels, who was still in the main event. When he was in DX, he was still being outshined by The Rock and Austin. Even when he got the title, he kept. He, he didn't feel like the guy yet. It wasn't until he switched with Mick Foley that he became See, the guy. If we were going to go, if we were going to go names that we've not talked about, I would say, I would say Foley for two reasons. The one you talked about. Mm-hmm. Hell in hell a cell. Okay. Are there any arguments to go against that? Well, is, there two, is there two more memorable moments in wrestling? Well, yeah, but, yeah, but that's the thing. I think Mick Foley. You can kind of, for Undertaker. You could say the same for Lita. You know, he was like he was the guy that would always do the big spots, like when nobody else would do it. But then again, the thing with Hell in a Cell is a lot of people have a weird expectation of a certain style match because of things like what Mick Foley did. Like he said, his match with Triple H. They did like 50 minutes around before going outside and he said he could feel the crowd. They didn't care, they wanted to see him go up top because of what happened last time. Mick Foley's just a spot guy for me, I'm, I'm sorry I had to say it. But he put the bums on seats! <laughs> <laughs> wow! Uh, right, okay, well, we've been talking about what was Stone Cold, did Stone, we were all swaying. Uh, yeah. Did Stone Cold make the last one? Stone Cold was actually my first choice, but... Now that's now that you now that we've mentioned John Cena and the fact that he's had You've mentioned John Cena. well well that John Cena's been brought up. No, it got be Austin. I've, I've been swayed from Austin to Cena. Right. Can I say okay? Although I said Rey Mysterio, I think my second choice, uh, like in who we've if we're gonna round this up, it's got to be Austin for me. It's got right. to be Austin. So basically, we're talking between Austin and Cena here. Yeah. Yes. Oh right. yeah. Okay. So you've picked Austin. Gotta go Austin for his impact. Cena. I'm gonna go Cena. So Charles didn't even. I think Austin would be, would have been what he was without <sighs> Vince McMahon, who we've already mentioned. How long we get left? <laughs> uh, not enough time. Oh, that's a toughie. Um, we can't have a. Should we? Should we, we, we can't have, have a. We can't have a Mount with three heads. Should we have? <laughs> should we have thirty <laughs> seconds to convince you? Right, that's a good point. Thirty seconds between you to go. Right, so we'll start with Stone Cold first. Give me a reason why. Because why not? <laughs> Greatest. They talk about Mick Foley putting the ass on the seat, the pop that Austin got there. Absolutely amazing, you know. Just the impact they had, and you know. I know I've said you can't have one about the other, but him and Rock up there together. And you'll probably find that John Cena will say that he had a lot of inspiration within Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. What? S- Cena was in a, Cena was the big, the big man in the era. What? Nothing happened. What? You know. Okay. Austin, Austin, compelling, Austin. compelling, quick arguments there. Austin flipped it. Yeah. Guys, it's down to you. Convince me to pick Cena over. Well, John Cena, he's been the company's go-to guy for the better part of almost two decades now. He's adapted with the times. He's been the guy who not only could 
you know, deliver inside the ring, both in terms of promos, but also arguably matches despite everybody, you know, giving him a lot of criticism. He's the guy who made like a record number of Make-A-Wishes for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. He's starred in movies, he starred... This was awesome. <sighs> He's also been better in movies. Right, okay. Short your point. I have two points. I'm trying to think of points we haven't mentioned. Two points. In 2015, Cena almost single-handedly saved the United States title after years of it being mishandled and pushed further down the car. And two, we talked, we've talked about him before. AJ Styles, probably one of the greatest of all time. And yet, he had better matches with John Cena than he had against Ricochet and Shinsuke Nakamura. Ooh. I don't think I'm the most hated man in the wrestling community. Can we pick somebody? I think based on the arguments I've heard, I'm going Stone Cold. Oh hell yeah! It's like a 5149 split. I'm going Stone Cold. Can I add both of them in my pick? So, yeah, I'm, I'm not even mad. That was actually, I was Austin would be my second choice. So, I'll be honest, I thought that you just tell us one of the So, just to clarify, our final Mount Rushmore for the men: Vince McMahon, The Rock, Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's a shoot here. Also, two of them are part of the PG era as well. <laughs> and then, don't forget the female one: we've got Charlotte Flair, Trish Stratus, China, and Mae Young. I think it's a strong lineup. Regardless, I think it's, a, it's almost an impossible task to pick. I think we've done a really good job. When so, are you going to get your uh, hammer and chisel out? <laughs> right after the show, mate, I've got it in the boot. Yeah. <laughs> and don't anyway, know what you're doing the weekend. And it's not going to Melton County, he's got the Glenn for days. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's our soccer spot. Fucking have you you'll get? <laughs> are, you, are you speaking from experience? No. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, well, I just want to say thank you very much to our panel. Quacker J. Thank you. Stephen Wilson. Thank you very much. Been fun. David Hawkey. Thank you. Scott McLeod. Thank you. I have been the big dog Alan Lucas. Look forward to next week as we're doing the history of tables, ladders and chairs. Cannot wait. Thanks very much. See you later. Listen, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of dick tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the fuck you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions. Get on it right now!